If the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. God wants to finish the story. And the very thing that we would love, He enfolds in Himself all that would bring joy and life and peace to us. Welcome to Keep the Main Thing a podcast of sermons and messages from Pastor Leland Evenson. I'm Mark Evenson. Our sermon today is titled, Ready for a Change in Regime? We cannot make out if there was a question mark on the cassette label or not. We should assume that the title is both a rhetorical and non-rhetorical question, nonetheless. It was delivered on April 12, 1987. It was Palm Sunday. Over the last few months, a number of people remarked that they felt like any number of Pastor Lee's sermons were directed particularly at them. When I listened to this message, I felt the same way, that Pastor Lee had me in mind when he penned this sermon. For those who know me, you know I could have given my father any number of sermon topics that he could have taken advantage of if he wanted to. He was pretty good about leaving his three children out of most of his sermons. Be assured, we certainly were not looking for ways to be a topic of a Sunday service. That was not the notoriety we would have wanted. And even though we gave him plenty of illustrations, he was good about protecting our privacy. Maybe this one message is striking home now that I'm older and see the wisdom in his words. You see, as the oldest child and a minister's son, I sometimes thought authority was there to be challenged, not necessarily obeyed. Pastor Lee reminds us that life works best when we are under the right authority and not rebelling against it. He makes the comment that we were not meant to be the king, yet we continue to try to rule our world. One of the consequences of us solely ruling our kingdom, it is extremely exhausting, along with a few other maladies such as being irritable, always worrying, and anxious and fearful. Pastor Lee references a famous movie that was released in 1964 called Beckett. It is a biography of the life of Thomas Becket, the Archbishop of Canterbury, who was viciously murdered by King Henry II. Richard Burton received an Academy Award nomination for that movie, but I think Peter O'Toole should have been more recognized for his role as the King. I highly recommend that you check with your streaming services and see if you can find a copy of it. The acting is remarkable. Here is Ready for a Change in Regime by Pastor Lee Evenson given on April 12th, 1987. Way back from Adam, there's been put into myself and probably into each of us a a rebellion, a, a rebellion against authority. And I find myself too often rebelling uh, in authority in a variety of ways. There's a stop sign by our house. Uh, for 10 years, I've said it shouldn't be there because Probably in 10 years, only two or three times has a car come by that I really needed to stop for. They should have really put a yield sign. If they asked me, I would have told them that's what needed to be there. I rebel against that thing every time I come to that particular street. Going to the hospital in San Antonio now, once a month for three, four months, there are 
things I rebel at. I rebel when uh, we come in and we immediately know the kind of room that Miriam needs because of the treatment, the sterile treatment, so she needs a room by herself. And yet the last time we went, the person in admissions living under that authority assigned another room. So that it had to be straightened out when we got up there. If I could have straightened it out right there in admissions if she'd have let me. Then also you have to, you know, the other thing, you, the part of the authority, you wait for the bluebird to come along and take you up. Even though I could get up there blindfolded now, after all these times, you still wait for the bluebird. And the last, one of the last times I remember sitting there waiting and wondering how much of the basketball championship I was missing, having to wait for that bluebird to come. You can't get a Tylenol unless the doctor prescribes it and it's on the chart or it's been ordered. Not even something for your headache. You can't leave except you leave in the wheelchair and they wheel you out to the door even though there's no, no wheelchair once you get into the car and go home. You are on your own. But every hospital I, has that kind of rule and, and most of all of the others. And I realize in my better when I'm in my right thinking that somehow the, the contrast to authority would be chaos and certainly I would be very nervous going to a hospital where I sense everybody was doing their own thing and prescribing the medicine they thought should be without the authority of the doctor or varieties and things of admissions that, that somehow we need authority because we are happiest when we are under authority things work best when we're under authority when we're not, we're under anarchy and chaos and everything else. The story of Palm Sunday is a story of whose authority are we under? Because Jesus comes as a king. Now people saw him and were excited about his coming as a king because they thought he would come as a king who would kick out the Romans and they, they would have their own rule for the first time in many, many years. And... So they thought it would be like the way of King David. But Jesus was not coming as that kind of a king. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. And so he comes in on a donkey rather than in a, in a Mercedes or in a Rolls Royce. He comes in that way, to, in varieties of ways to tell them he's a different kind of king. They just wanted him to rule a piece of land, not their hearts. We can get into that same kind of thinking. There's a danger that we want to be in the driver's seat. We want simply Jesus to take care of things surrounding us. We want him to prosper us. And we want, as is often portrayed sometimes in, in the ministry over TV, to, to wear heart shafter and mark suits and, and to always be healthy, wealthy, and wise and to have no blemishes on our faces and to always win the beauty contest or the athletic contest. But that's not having Jesus as king and understanding his authority. He doesn't simply rule the conditions and simply ask that we pay our homage or our taxes. He's not a figurative king like in Great Britain. The danger is we want him simply to be the decoration, to be the frosting on the cake the frosting to uncover a life that is lived in rebellion and doing our own thing, which is the end thing today, to have your rights, to have your self-fulfillment, to be your own boss. A.W. Tozer, in a little book 
called the knowledge of the holy, says these words. The natural man is a sinner because, and only because he challenges God's selfhood in relation to his own. And all else he may be willing to accept the sovereignty of God. In his own life he rejects it. For him God's dominion ends where his begins. Yet so subtle is self that scarcely anyone is conscious of its presence. Because man is born a rebel, he is unaware that he is one. His constant assertion of self, as far as he thinks of it at all, appears to him a perfectly normal thing. He is willing to share himself, sometimes even to sacrifice himself for desired end, but never to dethrone himself. Either it's him or it's us. There's a choice in who rules, who has the last word in our life, who has the final say, who has the most clout. Maybe today <clears throat> can be a turning point for you. Maybe you're ready for a new regime, for someone else to be in the driver's seat. We change regimes, you know, in our country, back and forth. People get tired of one rule, and then we go to another. As I said at the first service, I almost guarantee, I will guarantee, that the next election will be a Democrat that will be elected, because that's kind of the way history goes, back and forth. And some of you may be excited about that, some disappointed. But remember, you heard it here first. <clears throat> but so in our lives, there's that danger we want to go back and forth, you see. First have self on the throne, and then maybe in certain crises to have Jesus on the throne. What are the clues that you're ready for a new regime. First of all, if you're tired of being in charge, you're really tired. Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. To be yoke is to be under his authority, like the oxen who would be under that yoke and would be steered and go where the driver would want him to go and would understand that. So Jesus is taking that analogy to saying as we live under that, it can take care of our tiredness. Reminded of a story of a man who was out of work, and it's kind of a crazy story, but it illustrates the point. And he, then he'd ran out of his unemployment benefits and compensation, and he was desperate. And he finally went to the zoo to see if they had any work available. He said, no, not really. But stop to think about it. Our gorilla died yesterday, and we have a gorilla suit. If you want to pretend you're a gorilla and sit in that cage and eat a few bananas and swing on the swing, you can have that job. Well, he was really desperate, so he said, I'll take it. So it went pretty well for him, and eating a few bananas once in a while, he'd swing on the swing. But one of the times he was swinging on the swing, the swing broke as he was swinging out over the fence and he dropped into the lion's cage. And he began to yell and to scream and to holler and the lion started to come nearer and nearer and he got louder and louder and finally as he was screaming loud and just in terror, the lion came up he's right beside him and whispered in his ear and said, shut up or we'll both lose our jobs.
we choose a role for which we are not suited. And in that choice is much of our misery and our frustration. We're not intended to be kings, you see. We are meant to be servants. As it says in our epistle, Jesus as true man came to serve. He was under authority. He was under the yoke of his father. He said, I don't do anything except my father guides and directs me and calls me and shows me the way. The other morning, first morning after we got back from Texas on Friday morning, I got up and thought I would be eager to go to work, and I found I was very irritable at everything my wife said. She couldn't even say it's a nice day without being, being irritated. And I tried to analyze why, why was I in this kind of a stew, and why was I irritated and irritable. Suddenly it came to me, the Lord seemed to point out, it's because you think you're in charge, and you're thinking about all the things you have to do in the next three works with Palm Sunday and Easter and confirmation and the interviews with each of the confirmants and you're thinking of responsibilities to the two mothers and you're thinking of bills to pay and lawn to take care of it you're trying to think that you are in charge rather than seeing yourself as a servant and simply to do day by day the things you're called to do are you tired signs that he is not in control is if you are irritable if you are worried, if you are anxious, if you are in fear, all of those are clues that we are trying to be in the driver's seat, that we're trying to run our own life. Even you may have your own business, but that doesn't mean that he isn't Lord and meant to be Lord of that business. You may be in a stew about your family life, but that doesn't mean that he shouldn't be Lord and he is the highest authority in that family life. Are you tired of trying to change people, change your children, change, find happiness? E.S. Jones says life is awfully simple or simply awful. And there's a lot of truth, you see, in that. That it's awfully simple if we come under his yoke, for his yoke is easy and his burden is light. But it's, it's simply awful if we think we have to be God, that we have to handle it all ourselves, that we are the highest authority. God is sovereign, has the ability to give us the best. God is good, desiring to give us the best. God is wise, knowing what the best is, and telling us so in his word and by his Holy Spirit. <clears throat> it was an interesting... Uh, incident on Good Morning America, or one of the morning shows. Mary and I were eating breakfast and happened to be watching that. And they had the pilot from the TWA Airlines who was in hostage for 17 days in the Mideast when they took over that plane. So the announcer thought this was going to be a long, involved interview and started to sing, oh, you seem to have such peace. And they showed flashback pictures and tapes of of the incident and they you know she said you seem to have such peace and uh, seem to have things under control what's the secret he said to God be the glory here he was a Christian man a Christian pilot and he said in, in so many words he said I wasn't in charge the Lord was in charge and I knew that and I had peace in the midst of that it almost ended the interview what more could she say she was almost flabbergasted you see 
but to understand even in the midst of that situation that he was not in charge. There was one who was greater, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. William Hendley said, I'm the master of my faith, the captain of my soul. That's kind of the thinking today. Most people don't know he committed suicide, even though we quote that over and over again. He realized that wasn't the route to be the master of my own fate and the captain of my soul. Seek first his kingdom, which means to seek his rule, to live in, under his regime each day as you begin the day. Are you ready for a new regime? Are you tired of being in control? Lloyd Ogilvie, Presbyterian pastor out in California, very fine evangelical pastor, I think right in Hollywood, says that one great struggle that is going on inside of most of us is a struggle to run our own lives. We don't have much difficulty in accepting Jesus as Savior, as one who forgives and comforts us. It's our struggle with his uncompromising call to make him absolute Lord of our lives that causes us to do battle with the anxieties of life. Committing our lives to him as Lord is the secret of receiving his power for our daily problems and for our worry and for our concern and fear about death. All that he offers us for abundant living now and eternal life beyond the grave is available only when we surrender to his lordship. Without that unreserved surrender, we continue to live as spiritual paupers. Unquote. Are you ready? Secondly, are you ready? We're ready when we're tired of being bored. A lot of bored people today, even Christians who seem to be bored. It says the kingdom of God doesn't consist of food and drink, but, right, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. To live under the kingship of him is to have that righteousness, peace, and joy as part of our daily programming and daily life. Or the story of the tourist who was in Washington, D.C. and taking a tour, <clears throat> hired a cab to take him past some of the famous buildings and they went back past the National Archives building and engraven over the door of this great building were the words, the past is prologue. So the tourist said what a, to the cabbie, what does that mean? And the cabbie replied, it means you ain't seen nothing yet. Too often in our Christian life, rather than the sense we ain't seen nothing yet in terms of the depth of his love, the greatness of his mercy, his holiness, his power. Sometimes many Christians it seems to wind down rather than wind up. The secret is because once we take over the throne, the joy is gone. To be under his reign is to know life that is abundant and joy that is full and peace that is deep. Tozer again says these words, The God we have made, and because we have made him, we can understand him. Because we have created him, he can never surprise us, never overwhelm us, nor astonish us, nor transcend us. If we enter control, no surprises. Any surprise parties in your life? 
or have you created him in your image the way you want him to be as chief advisor or only a consultant or only someone for a second opinion for many their faith becomes dull the minute that Jesus is no longer Lord of our lives we're bored with our faith if he's not in charge never overwhelming us never surprising us never astonishing us means that we are in control for when he is Lord and he is King there are surprise parties there are times we're overwhelmed with his love or with his holiness there are times when we say woe is me are you tired bored bored with the old regime then you're ready for him and finally you're ready for a new regime when you're tired of being ineffective the kingdom of God does not consist of talk but of power but if we're not living under that we're ineffective we're not really being used as God wants to use us because even like King Saul because he was rebellious it weakened his character God could no longer use him and had in a sense had to set him on the shelf because he would not live under the authority he was always making excuses remember he was to go and to annihilate a territory and he took the best of the territory and the best of the cattle along back with him and he was going to have his own kind of worship service and God couldn't really use him after that are you tired of having a sense that God isn't really using you that he's not using you to be a witness nobody's coming up to you at work and saying hey what's the secret of your life how come you seem to have it together why the joy why the peace in the midst of this thing that you're going through if people aren't asking you that you see then there is something that needs to be taken care of in our lives for wherever they went as you read in the book of Acts they were effective sometimes it was a riot sometimes a revival but they knew they were there Indiana won the national championship there was a member of that team who at the beginning of the season thought he was going to be his own boss and so he started to clip classes and to skip classes and Bobby Knight heard about it got a hold of him and put him on the bench and penalized him severely recognizing if the man couldn't come under the authority in terms of the college and going to classes there's no way he would come under the authority of the coach it worked he understood that he was to live under the authority of that college as well as that coach and he was one of the reasons they won the national championship because somehow he learned that he wasn't king until we understand that God will bench us God will not use us he cannot use us if we're not willing to come under that authority whatever it is for you today maybe for you it's bitterness towards someone and God says till you deal with that you're on the bench or maybe it's 
a reluctance to tithe your income. And he says, unless you deal with that, I can't really use you. Maybe it's a lack of boldness and the power of the Holy Spirit to go and to be a witness at work. And he says, until you're willing for my sake to be a fool for Jesus, I cannot use you until you're willing to become a no reputation. Every one of us has our growing edge. And unless we come under the authority of the king, he puts us on a bench. And Paul said there will be people who at the end of their life certainly will be Christians, but their lives will be wood, hay, and stubble. They'll have nothing to show. Are you tired of being ineffective? Of having a sense you're really not having much clout in terms of being the light and the salt? It's time for a new regime. To say, Jesus, you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're the one who calls the shots. Come on to me, for my burden is light, and my yoke is easy. Thomas Beckett was an archbishop. Many years ago, there's a movie about his life. You ever have a chance, you want to see it. For a while, Thomas Beckett was a playboy, and he was a playboy with the king of that time, King Louis II, King Henry II. And King Henry was getting a lot of criticism from the church, and they were really on his back about his lifestyle. And so when the archbishop died, the king thought, ah, now's my chance. So he appointed his playboy friend Beckett to be the archbishop. Now he thought, live and let live. First Beckett resisted because he sensed what the calling was, but finally he accepted it, but he also had a change of character, a conversion in that moment, that if he was going to be archbishop, he would be what he was called to be. And so there's a tremendous change in his life. And there's a moving scene where he is in the church and... As you became archbishop, you had to give up all your belongings, all material things. And so the, the poor of the community and those who were neglected were gathering there to receive all of the abundance of his possessions, all his material goods. And in the midst of his handing these things out to those poor, needy people, he turns to the front of the church and to the crucifix, and he points to the figure of Jesus and says, You, only you know only you know how easy this is. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Death is not the problem, it's the resistance to the dying. We say, you know, as we think of someone going to the mission field, how could you do it? But only the one who has been obedient and has answered the call in a sense can say, only I know. Or the person who has really begun to tithe or double tithe can say, only I know how easy it is to give out of love to him who's given all to me. The person who has gone and asked for forgiveness or forgiven the bitterness. Only they know that the grace, that once they're willing to be obedient, 
the grace there is that God provides. Only the one who is willing to be a witness and steps out in faith knows that God provides the means and the power for the kingdom doesn't consist of talk but of power. Yet there are those on the outside who can see only that they'll become so somber that the requirements are so arduous, devoid of fun. They refuse to believe that when he is king, the yoke is easy. The burden is light. Are you ready for a change? Are you tired of being in control? Are you tired of being bored? The faith doesn't seem to be alive. It seems to be winding down rather than a sense of the best is yet to be. Are you tired of being ineffective? Palm Sunday says there's a king. A king who doesn't want to rule conditions around us, but he wants to rule in the throne of our lives. The last place that we want him to be. And yet, for those who are willing to risk, only they know, only they know as he knew, in a real sense, how easy it is. For his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. Palm Sunday, the day when we say, who's in the driver's seat? Who has the clout? Who really is Lord of my life? Amen. Forgive us, Lord. When we only want you to be a passenger and not the driver. May there be those here today who catch a vision of what it really means to say, Jesus is Lord of my life. Amen. I hope this message inspired you to turn over the keys to your kingdom to Jesus. Because we were never suited to be the king ourselves. And if we think we are, we will struggle to maintain our empire. And sooner or later, find out the hard way that we are not really in charge. This was also a great reminder that God wants to use us. That he has a purpose for all of us, no matter how far along we are in life. Whether you're 16 or 66, there is a plan for you. But you have to let God call the shots and you need to submit to his authority. Speaking of challenging authority, since its inception 19 years ago, I have resisted one of our more significant cultural authorities, Facebook. I have prided myself on the fact that I was one of the last Americans to have never clicked on the Facebook logo. But now, as we look for more effective ways of communicating the Keep the Main Thing podcast, we have established a Facebook page 
with the assistance of my talented sister, Shauna. We hope you will find us. And I guess the phrase is like us or follow us or all the stuff you do on Facebook. Well, I guess not all that you do on Facebook. I've heard enough stories. We will post announcements of new podcasts and other newsworthy items on our page. And don't forget about our website, www.keepthemainthing. We look forward to connecting with you along the way. So until next time, remember to keep the main thing the main thing. Thank you. Thank you.